Well, good morning, everyone. Such an honor and a privilege to be here this morning. Uh, like Dr. Lowen said, <laughs> I went to him this morning when he spoke there to me at the back, and I said, I don't know the feelings I'm feeling. And he said, uh, is it that bad? Was it, was it that bad here? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, I think for me, it's such an honor and a privilege, and I think I use the word weighty. It's such a weighty responsibility to stand before you here this morning and to encourage you and to share the word of God. And I think for me, just to know um, the purpose of Prairie College and the purpose that we uh, come here to find the will of the Lord for our lives and, uh, and that he may use us for his glory in service and uh, the process and the time that we spend here is a time just filled with, with the wonders of God. Uh, and for me, it's weighty to speak to you. I don't just take it as, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, uh, something that you do every Tuesday. I, for me, it's a weighty responsibility because uh, I think the importance of today is to speak to your hearts and to encourage you, to encourage you in God, to be strong, and uh, to walk this walk during this season of your lives, knowing that God is there for us. Uh, he said he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. He'll be with us, you know, to the end. And, uh, you know, life is full of challenges. Uh, I don't know about you, but my life was full of challenges in my time and season here at Prairie. And, uh, you know, especially with us uh, being here as a married couple with, uh, with two kids. And uh, it, it wasn't the easiest of times and when we face challenges in life, I think the easiest thing to do is to fall back and complain and be self-centered and self-absorbed. And when we get into that place, I think we lose focus on the purpose. We can lose so easily the focus on where God wants to take us to. And uh, hopefully through a little bit of a testimony here, but particularly through the word of God, uh, you know, that Jesus said these words, I am the vine and you are the branches. And the marks of discipleship is that we bear fruit, that we live lives that are fruitful and pleasing to our creator. And it's not easy. It's not easy to keep connected. It's so easy to disconnect from the purpose. It's so easy to disconnect from what God has planned and destined for our lives. Because we know that we, we live in a world where we still have an enemy. You know, the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he comes to stop us from advancing the purposes that God has for our lives. But we've got to remain connected. We've got to remain connected to God uh, through Jesus Christ. And it's the safest place to be. And it's the place where we can bear the most fruit. And so we understand that in life, uh, at the heart of God's desire for you and me, like I said, is that we live fruitful lives and that we bear fruit. And really, in essence, at the core of the marks of discipleship, it's fruitfulness. God wants us to be fruitful. Not that you don't have challenges in life. Jesus said that, you know, <laughs> if the world hated him, they're going to hate you too. Uh, 
And if the enemy came up against Christ in his earthly walk here, there's no doubt that he's going to come up against us. And uh, his, 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 his number one goal and purpose is to pressure us into a place where we can disconnect from the source who is Jesus Christ. And so, you know, my assignment here today is to encourage you in God that you are drawing to the end of the semester. And, uh, and it's tough. <laughs> you know, a lot has to be done to complete. And there's pressure to complete. And not only to complete, but to finish well. But thank God that we have our life source in God through Jesus Christ. That we can be empowered by the power of His Holy Spirit to do what He's called us to do. In 2002, we left South Africa with this goal in mind to come here to Prairie to study. Uh, and uh, thank you. And it was the most exciting time of our life. I'll just leave it here. Going into the unknown, leaving your country, almost like Abraham was given that uh, uh, commandment by God, leave your country, you know, leave your people, leave your mom and dad. And, uh, you know, like uh, Dr. Lowen says, we come from a family that uh, were pastors and we, we grew up in that. And uh, what are you doing, God? What are you taking us away from? This is all we know. This is, this is our lives. And, uh, but we knew in our hearts that God had asked us to leave and to, and to come here to Canada. And uh, it was exciting. It was, it was just the most amazing time to see how God provided for us to do that. And we came here in uh, Ju July of 2002. We landed at the Calgary International Airport on my birthday. Uh, and so we, you know, it, it was just so exciting. And we got here and uh, we began in September, the semester started. And the, the first year of our, our lives here was just amazing and phenomenal. And we enjoyed it. It was lovely. But in the second year, uh, I felt really challenged about being away. I felt challenged about the cold. I mean, can a place get as cold as this? I was challenged to start again the next semester. And, um, you know, we came as a family. We, I had to work. And just walking on the grounds these past two months has just been amazing, you know, working in the dining hall and uh, with housekeeping. And Amanda worked, yeah, at the college in the, ad the admin office. And, it, you know, but it was hard work. And our kids were going to school and uh, there were assignments, things to complete. We came here with not a lot of finances. In fact, not, not any. <laughs> But to trust God that he will take care of us uh, was something that we knew we had to do in order to survive, in order to, to go through the process and to complete. But in my second year, like I said, I was very challenged to, to the point where I kind of felt like I was like the children in the wilderness, complaining, complaining because life is tough. What am I doing here? You know? almost felt like the prodigal son and my father was back in South Africa and in my father's house and you know it was pressurizing and I began to complain and I felt God say this to me in my second year Sherwin if you want my purposes to work out of your life it's important for you to stay connected 
Because if you continue focusing on your challenges, if you focus on your pain and where you find yourself, you're going to get disconnected from me being your source. And if you're going to do that, all you've done here and coming all across you know, the oceans is going to be in vain if you disconnect from your source. And I had to make my mind up very early that I cannot complain. I'm going, to have to, I'm going to have to make some choices in life that I've been sent here by God for a purpose. And when I made that choice, I think for me life changed. That I think my third year, yeah, at Prairie, was, was, it, it was even more exciting than, than jumping out of that plane. Uh, when we arrived here, because I made a choice. I made a choice that I will not complain, I will not be saddened, I will not be disheartened, because I know how dangerous that is. And so my assignment here today is to encourage you as a student body, not to disconnect from your source. Christ is our source. And if we are connected to him, then we will bear fruit then we will accomplish the plans of God that he has for our lives. We will walk out the plans and purposes that God has for us. And so my text this morning is from John chapter 15. And if you have your Bibles, uh, we can look at that together. But before we read, I want to maybe say this again, and I know it's the third time, and it's like, does he have anything, does he have anything else to say? But I want to say this, that the marks of discipleship is fruitfulness. God's desire for you and I is that we live lives that are fruitful. Now, what does that mean to be fruitful? What does it mean to live a life that is fruitful uh, before God? Really, in essence, it's this. It's not a life free of worry. It's not a life free from the pressure. But it's, it's a life that, when connected to your source, you are able to walk out those precious promises that God has for you and I. And the Bible says those promises are precious. They're great and they're precious. And God has promised us uh, a purpose in life. He's promised us that there's a plan that he has for us. And we know that that plan is a good plan. And then for us to, against all odds and against uh, the power of the enemy and pushing that back uh, and fighting him that he doesn't overcome us as we walk this journey allows us to be fruitful. You know, in, in, in preparing for this, I, 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 I looked at this uh, chapter in uh, John chapter 15, and, and for me, what a powerful, what a powerful uh, chapter and encouragement from the Lord Jesus Christ. But one thing I did realize in it is that when we look at John chapter 15, our Lord comes to a place where he f- it's almost in John chapter 15, he, 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 he begins a end of his ministry while with his disciples before he goes to the cross. And, and, and you know, in looking at, at the life of Christ, I look at the beginning as well. There's a beginning to his ministry, uh, which I love to read from the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 3 and Luke chapter 4, where Jesus announces his purpose. 
and we look at uh, his life as it uh, comes out of that beginning and out of that purpose, and he lives it and he teaches and he presents his purpose to his disciples and, and, and to the nation uh, of Israel and, 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 and to the world. And there's something so beautiful about it that we can see that there is a great purpose that the Lord Jesus Christ came for. And in my preparation, I'm like, Lord, how do, you, how do you bridge those two together? Because one is the first and one is the last. It's almost one is the beginning and one is the end. But I was reminded with the scripture in Revelation chapter 1, verses 8, where Jesus says, you know, the, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. He says, you know, I was and I is and I am to come. I am the Almighty. And I, I was like, Lord, give me something that I can bridge this message together that we can find its purpose for us in our lives. The context of this story, John chapter 15, and the backdrop of it is we understand this is Passion Week uh, in John chapter 15. Jesus uh, is observing the Passover with his disciples and he's up in the upper room and he is speaking to his disciples and he is so, in his message to his disciples, he's revealing precious promises to them. Not only that, but he is revealing things that would come. He's in this upper room and obviously we understand by nature of the fact of what he's presenting that they, he's spending a committed time with them in the upper room revealing truth, giving them these promises and revealing what it is that he must go through. Not only that, this is the time we find that he begins to reveal the purposes uh, that have been put into the heart of Judas by Satan that he would betray him. This is the backdrop to, to this message of John chapter 15. And then we also find that they observe the Passover, they have a meal together. And we know now that it's late in the evening, in the dark of night, that Jesus invites his disciples to take a walk with him. And he's walking, in essence, he knows the place of prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane is where he is to be found. But on his journey in John chapter 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 and 17, he's communicating a message to his disciples. And how many of you know what you say at the end, I think, has a lot of meaning to it. And he's communicating this message of John chapter 15. And from that message, he's about to pray for them. Not only does he uh, uh, segue into his prayer for his disciples, but also for you and I, as he says, for those also do I pray that, all, that would believe on you. And so he's, he's giving his final prayer before Judas would then come into that garden and then sell him out. And of course we know that after the resurrection, he, he's with them for 40 days and he does continue to preach. But this is his final message before he is murdered. And I, I, for me, it's, it, it's, it's absolutely powerful. Let's read it together. John chapter 15, verses 1. He says, I am the true vine. 
and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? That it may bear more fruit. He says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and he repeats this again. He says, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Isn't that an interesting portion of scripture? You, you, you can hear the heart of Christ here. He's about to leave. He's about to be crucified. And, and he's giving this message. And he's about to pray for them. He's about to lead them into where they need to go according to the purpose and the plan that he has for their lives. In fact, prior to this, he begins to promise them. He says things like this. Greater works shall you do. Even, you know, the works that I do, greater will you do. And he's making these promises to, to his disciples about their purpose and about the plan that God has for their lives. But he's also saying to them, in essence, be careful, it's not going to be an easy walk. Nothing's going to come simply. It's not going to just happen because. And then he enters into this, 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 this uh, John chapter 15 uh, discourse with them, and he says, I am the vine. I am your source. And really, in essence, my assignment tonight is, or today is not to say, you know, who is the branch that was uh, connected and bared fruit and who wasn't. And it's not about that. Because I think we all know that as that branch that is pruned, we are that branch as children of God, connected to him. And his desire for us is not just to bear fruit, but to bear more fruit. And not just to bear more fruit, but to bear much fruit. <laughs> and that's his heart and his plan for us. That we can, I, I don't think we'll ever get to the place where we can truly say we've arrived. I have now reached my full potential of fruitfulness. I wish I could. I wish I could say that. But I think God's desire for each one of us is that we continually grow in bearing fruit. Being fruitful for God. And this is what he's saying to us. It's just so powerful when you look at it. But here's what happens with Christ. We, we begin to understand in the book of John, there's something that is getting to the core of his listeners, not so much his disciples, but those that would eventually crucify him. What is getting to their court that's irritating them to the point where they want to murder him is this sense that God is, that Jesus is delivering to his ears. He's saying this in essence, I and the Father are one. That was his message from the beginning of the book of John. And he's saying things in there that, man, I put trouble myself in, the, in, the, in those uh, Jewish hearers and, and, and in, in the sense of all that they knew, that God is the one and only true living God that we serve. And yes, someone is on the scene and they're saying to us in essence, I and God are one. 
really in essence he's saying I'm connected to God in such a way where I, it's hard for me to tell the difference. We are one. And he says things like this here. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. I and the Father are one. You see, Jesus recognizes his connectedness to the Father. That without him, I can do nothing. Everything I say, I hear him say. Everything I do, I'm prompted by him. I'm connected to my source. My life-giving source is in the Father. And to the point where he declares openly, when he speaks about Abraham and he says, Abraham longed to see my day. And that, that just, it didn't go down with his hearers. Abraham longed to see my day. Before Abraham was, I am. What a statement, I am. I am. We only know that God said that to Moses when Moses said to him, tell me your name. And God said to Moses, I am. I am. And Jesus then picks this thing up and he, and he, and he says in John, he says, I am. No wonder his listeners want to murder him after that. Why? He found himself in union with the Father. And he says things like this, uh, which are just so amazing, you know. Uh, he says in John 5, 17, But Jesus answered them after he uh, heals uh, on the Sabbath. He says, My Father has been working until now. And I have been working. In essence, he's saying, if the Father's consistently at work, then I am consistently at work for his purpose. And so he's, he's, he's making these statements that there's no difference between, between him and the Father. In 38 John chapter 10, he says, But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. In John 8, 56, he says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. Who do you think you are? You, you know, in John 5, 18 and 19, he says, Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Why? Because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself what? Equal to God. And then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in the like manner. And in John 8, 23, he says, And he said to them, You are from beneath, and I am from above. <laughs> what a statement. You are of this world, and I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And when we look at this, this, this uh, portion of scripture, there's something that we find in there. Number one, it is a message of salvation. When, when, when Christ, when, when he says that we must abide in him, when, when he says that he is in us, it is a message of, of salvation. Without him, we can do nothing. There's only one way to get to the Father, and it's through Christ. And in essence, this is a message of salvation, but it's also a message of sanctification. That if we, he says to them, you know, you are clean by my word. When he says that if my word abides in you, 
And if you abide in me, he's speaking about an abiding, a connectedness that we have with Christ and with God by, 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 the revelance of, by, by, by the fact of us being connected to Christ. We are connected to God and we, in essence, really are one with God. Because that's the prayer that he prays in John chapter 17. What is the prayer that he's praying? Lord, God, you and I are one. And then he says things like this. Let them be one with us. And he, he somehow opens up a picture of our connectedness that we can have with our holy God. If you will, go with me to Luke chapter 4, uh, Luke chapter 3. I want to look at something here that is absolutely powerful. And then we'll bring this to a completion. In Luke chapter 3, if you look at the beginning of Luke chapter 3, it goes, the writer Luke uh, is, is, is going through the genealogy of Jesus Christ and really, in essence, is focusing on his humanity. But he ends this genealogy, the son of Noah, the son of God. It's a powerful concept. It's the son of Noah. It goes through his natural life, but really, in essence, also the son of God. And, and it's amazing, here is where Christ is about to enter into his life's ministry. We've come from the end, and let's get to the beginning of it. In a sense, I think God likes to do things like, he starts with the end in mind, and so hopefully there's a message that we can get out of this here as we look at the beginning in terms of his purpose. But there's something that he, he, he does here that is powerful for us to connect to, and that is his plan and his purpose for our lives. Uh, we find that the writer then uh, maps out his genealogy, and straight after that, the Bible says in verses 1 of chapter 4, he says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted of the devil forty days. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. And listen to this portion of Scripture, because I think this gives us a, a, a revelation into the purpose of the enemy concerning us. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. Really, you see, if the enemy is going to stop God's purposes in your life and pressure you to be disconnected from your source, who Christ is, the vine, and we are the branches, number one, he's going to question your identity. If the enemy can question your, or allow you to question your identity, then you are not going to have confidence in God's provision for your life. You're not going to have confidence in God's power for your life. And you are not going to have a confidence in God's protection for your life that God has got you. If, you, if he can pressure you and take away your identity, then he can step in. This is, this is where I can connect this John chapter 15. It's about connecting to the vine. He is our identity. Christ is our identity. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. We have to connect to him and remain connected to who he is, our source of strength. He's our source in terms of our provision. He's a source of our power. He is our all in all. And you find here, the, he says here, if you are the son of God, 
And the first thing that he pressures Christ into focusing on is command the stones to become bread. I know for me that was my pressure coming here. Will God provide for me? And his provision is not just in bread. It's not just in your finances. It's, it's, his provision for our lives in, is in every aspect. You need him to provide for you a way to provide strength, to provide for you, to walk this walk that he has allowed for us to walk. And Jesus answered and said to him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he's connecting now to this word that Jesus said in John chapter 15, if I abide in, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, And then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all of the kingdoms of the world. In a moment of time, And the devil said to him, all this power I will give you. You see, that's the temptation we have in life. To disconnect from our source, and then what that allows us to do is focus on our own strength, our own ability, my power. I'm going to do it in my strength. But when you are connected to Christ, the vine, the source of all power, then you can walk life confident knowing your identity is in Christ. Your identity is in God. You're connected to that power because the enemy is consistently tempting us to work out of our own strength, to focus on you, how great you are and how dependent you are on yourself. And we're going to have to get to a place where we understand I'm not dependent on myself. In myself, I can do nothing. I cannot walk this walk in my own strength. I'm too weak in my in and of myself. But the enemy will put pressure on your identity so that you then can take your eyes off Christ. And if you're going to take your eyes off Christ, you're going to focus on yourself. And God doesn't want that because he wants us to be fruitful at the end of the day. There is no fruitfulness in and of your own strength. He's our source. And then in seven, therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours. And verses 8 says, And Jesus answered and said to him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, your God, and him only shall you serve. And verses 9 says, Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, you see again, questioning his identity, questioning his connectedness to his Father, the Son. You see, Jesus identified fully with the Father. Fully with the Father. And that's why he says then to us, then you need to connect to me. Connect to me as your vine. Because my Father is the husbandman. He's the dresser of the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. Remain in me. And if you do, you'll bear much fruit. And even when you do remain, I'll prune you to be more fruitful in your life. And then he brought him there to uh, the pinnacle of the temple. If you are the son of God, he says to him, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. He has another pressure, your protection. He's going to pressure you into losing your identity and your connectedness to Jesus Christ who is divine. And when we disconnect, then we're going to question, does God really have me? Will he see me through? Will he be with me? Does that word really mean he'll never leave me? He'll never forsake me? We begin to question that. And this is this day. As Jesus spoke this message after Palm Sunday, Passion Week, his last message to his disciples, and by nature of his prayer to you and I, 
And his commandment to us is stay connected. Stay connected through your attitude. Stay connected. He's our source, source of all strength, source of life. And if I do, then I will walk out the plans and the purposes that God has for my life. We don't ever want to be a statistic that we seek the plans of God and we give all of it and then we get disconnected and we lose focus on the very purpose God has for us. That as a student body, we can walk out of here after grad and we can say, yeah, like the Apostle Paul, I have finished and I've finished well and I've done what God has called me to do. And there's another step and there's another place and another season that I can walk out of here and be all that God has called me to be. So hopefully the message to you today makes sense. Builds faith. Connect to the vine. Man, he'll take you through anything. There's nothing that he won't take you through. He'll provide for you. He'll give you his power and his grace, his mercy to lead you. And he'll protect you. He'll have your back. And you'll go from Luke 4.18, the beginning of Christ's ministry and announcement, and you'll get there to the end. And we can partake of his divine nature. May the Lord bless you this morning. Thank you for allowing me to speak in your hearts. It's a privilege and an honor, Dr. Lohan. Thank you so much. Can I pray for you? Yeah? Come, let's all stand. And I'm just going to pray that God's strength be your source. You leave here to see your families for Christmas and that you will know the message of his birth has a huge purpose for you. <laughs> a huge purpose for your life. That you go home You'll be a blessing to your church and you'll be a blessing to your family and that you finish well. You handle all that was needed to be handed in. I remember that pressure. <laughs> but you can do it. <laughs> you can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But we must keep connected. Can we do something a little different this morning? Can you just lift your hands up like this here? Just like, you want, like you're receiving something. I just pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that God just connects with you this morning. And that he just infuses you with his love and his joy in chapters, in verses 10 and 11. It's his love and it is his joy that will be your strength of John chapter 15. Father, we worship you and we honor you this morning for your goodness, for your grace, and for your mercy. We want to thank you that our lives are hid in you through Jesus Christ. We want to thank you, Father, that we can trust you. That we can rely upon you and we can give up the control of our lives from ourselves and hand that full control over to you to walk us through truth by the power of your Holy Spirit, to show us things to come, to sanctify us and to give us the strength to walk through life, through the trials, with patience, through the test, with perseverance, knowing that as long as we stay connected to you, the true vine, that we will be fruitful in our lives. So we bless you today for this opportunity to connect with your word. May you bless each one of these students, O oh God, in Jesus' name, that you will unfold your purpose and your destiny for their lives as they seek your will and seek your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you. Thank you so much.